everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And it's just the two of us, and maybe we could have gotten another if uh, after Air Force. We had just ended there. We may have had some more enthusiastic guys wanting to come on, because that was a fun game. The, the other two, not so much. Yeah, I, ha- I had fun for, what, about 14 innings worth of baseball? Unfortunately, we we played 27. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that, I played. guess. Say well, played. Um, I didn't play yeah. any innings of baseball, personally, <laughs> and I don't think Nathan did either. So, I guess, I don't know, we're just here talking into the void. But, um, yeah. That's what we do best. But, yeah, before we talk about baseball, let's do some other tech news because we have some football things to talk about. Because we have a coaching change. Our defensive backs coach, Jeff Buris, has left the program, gone to ULL. Yeah, um, so he's officially dead to us. Um, yes. Yeah. The popular theory among message board people is that it's more that the coach at Louisiana Lafayette is more likely to leave his program to go to the next springboard college up and bring Buris with him. That's, and so Buris I mean, getting older would want to do that to kind of expand his career and Skip is going to stay in Ruston forever. So whatever works for him, I guess. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's not actually dead to us, but, you know, that's a bummer of a move. And obviously he's he's been with our program for, I think, three years. Is that right? And he did some pretty great things getting two guys drafted last year. So it sucks to lose a coach like that, um, especially to the most annoying people in the fucking world. So um, <laughs> anyway, but this was news to me. We've already hired a new cornerback coach. This happened yesterday, didn't it? Yeah. Like last night, not even yesterday, but like yesterday at like 10 PM is when I saw the tweet. About yeah, Skip Jeff was Burris ready leaving. to go. Skip almost jumped the gun and hired him before Jeff Beers was actually out the door, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, Perry Carter is the new cornerbacks defensive backs coach for the Bulldogs. Uh, He comes from the other University of Louisiana twin, ULM, but he also had previous stops at North Texas and NFL's Houston Texans. So quite a bit of experience with the guy that we're bringing in. Yeah, interesting. We'll have to see uh, how this pans out. I know we just got a bunch of transfers in at the uh, DB positions, so it'll be interesting to see how he can mesh with those guys who are already going to be new to the program um, next season. And that's about all the football I can muster right now because they're other sports going on right now yeah we would have had some uh, basketball games to talk about but the winter storms kind of put a squash on that so let's start with baseball this time and talk about the baseball games that did happen because we have three of them one of them was a good game the other two less so first up though is air force the falcons or as dave nitz like to call them on the radio the air force the air force we're playing the armed service (laughs) it it made Uh, me chuckle every single time because i'm like tech is Tech is playing the entire Air Force, Dave Nitz, the entire thing. Like, they're going to pull out some freaking F-18s on us here in a second because we're beating them so bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were they were really more like the ground ball force in this game <laughs> because they just could not even get, they couldn't get the ball God out of the yard. They couldn't it. even really get the ball into the outfield very often. But on the Jesus. tech side of it, hey, look, there's going to be a lot of those. We have to talk about baseball for an hour. There's going to be a lot of bad jokes. That's what happens when you talk about baseball for an hour. Yeah. But, I, need, I need backup of people who are not complete baseball nerds here to to help me because <laughs> I'm not going to be able to keep you on track. Expecting Matt to join the call just to boo me. But yeah, the Bulldogs <laughs> scored two in the second and never looked back. Again, beating Air Force 18-1. to one. Yeah. 
A lot um, of people kind of checked out well before that. I, I think I had to kept reminding the group, oh, yeah, we scored another couple runs. Yeah, I, I actually listened to this entire game um, because, you know, it was fun to to hear this kind of thing happening. And, uh, you know, like I said, I had fun for about 14 innings and then I didn't. So this game was fun. I know, Nathan, you were on the edge of your seat in the ninth because Air Force uh, almost scored again. And you had that tweet ready to go that I'm sure everyone who listens to this show has seen. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting that tweet to be the one that makes us Twitter famous, but whatever works. Yeah, we've gained uh, a, a, a few followers from that. Uh, so good tweet. We normally don't give ourselves tweet of the week, but uh, I mean, come on. Anyway, uh, <laughs> nobody else had a better CUSA tweet. I'm sorry. It's just it's just the way it is, you know. But anyway, this game, I mean, gosh, even just going down the box score here, uh, Taylor Young had three hits four RBIs. Steel Netterville had two hits, three RBIs. Um, there were multiple home runs, weren't there? I mean, yeah, Taylor Young had two home runs. Steel Netterville had one. Cole McConnell added one. Um, I think somebody almost batted the cycle. Is that is that true? Just a triple short? Yes, which is generally the hardest part of the cycle right. to actually get. But yeah, still a triple short. The cycle is incredible. Uh, every single starter for the Bulldogs got at least one hit on the night. <laughs> which is oh, it's man. a pretty good way to live. Um, yeah. But as well, as good as the offense was, and again, they scored 18 runs, so that's a yeah. pretty good offense. You're not going to uh, lose very many Air- games when you score 18 runs, no matter how bad yeah. your pitching is. Yeah, and Air Force did commit three errors on the night that could have contributed to some of that, but not all 18 I mean, of those runs. Yeah. But what I'm most impressed of with this game in particular, especially considering what happened the next night against LSU, is the yeah. pitching. Because Jonathan Fincher comes out, our Friday night starter, which I guess this was a Saturday, but still. This was a Sunday. Our number one pitcher. Oh, this was a Sunday. What days are confused. We're, record- yeah, we're recording on a Tuesday night. This is weird. Jonathan Fincher comes out, only gives up two hits in five innings, only one earned run, 10 strikeouts. It's the kind of performance you want to be able to see from your starting pitcher your first night of the year. Oh, yeah. But the bullpen's what really surprised me, because that's my biggest question mark going into this year, is what can the bullpen and do outside of the couple two three arms we know we have that were consistently good last year and the year before but Cade Hodges Landon Tompkins Tanner Knight and Bryce Fagan all come in pitch an inning each and only Bryce Fagan gives up one hit the rest perfect frames giving up no hits yeah. and uh, no walks. six more six more strikeouts as a unit there all, all four of those guys combined and yeah I mean three of those innings were three up three down right so that's all you can ask for, right? I mean, they gave up one hit in four innings, but I mean, in four innings, they, they only faced 13 batters. <laughs> so that's that's pretty freaking good. Yeah, there's really nothing better you can ask. Giving up one run or even two runs in college baseball is having a very good night as a pitching staff. Especially the first uh, game the, of the season. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, and not to make excuses for our team, but, you know, they because of the ice storm, they hadn't practiced in an entire week. Right. They hadn't taken uh, I listened to the postgame show and, you know, um, Coach Burroughs was talking about how, you know, we said we weren't going to make any excuses coming into this weekend about, you know, not being able to take ground balls, not being able to, to take batting practice, really, um, for the last week. And in this first game, you know, he didn't need any of those excuses. We had zero errors, which I thought was really impressive for your first game of the season, especially given those circumstances. Um, this was also the first time Tech has played or practiced on grass. Um, LSU stadium is, is natural grass and dirt. 
whereas ours and Rustin High's are both uh, turf. So, I mean, just about as good as you could hope for. And uh, I don't know what else we can say about this game other than that yeah. we really beat the crap out of Air Force, you know? Yeah, want to stay in this headspace as long as possible before moving on. Yeah. But the errors point is worth mentioning because these next two games against LSU and Louisiana Lafayette, errors become a, a problem. A pretty mm-hmm. big one, whether it's fielding errors or pass ball wild pitches that end up moving up runners and getting them across the plate. This game in particular, where Tech struck out 16 Air Force Falcons, Falcons still doesn't sound right as a as a team name, but that's 60% of the outs come from, or 59% of the outs come from strikeout. That's fewer balls being put in play, and with only three three hits on the night, there wasn't a lot for the fielding to do, so you'd have fewer errors there. But when LSU and ULL start putting the ball in play, you start to see some cracks form in the defensive front. Yeah. So maybe it was it was less that Tech was ready and not going to commit errors and more that Air Force just didn't put the ball in play enough to force those errors. Yeah. And Air Force, this was their third game of the year. They were coming off a doubleheader <laughs> earlier in the game against LSU, had a break and then played Tech. And also yeah, they played actually LSU beat the LSU before. earlier that day, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, I think they beat him like six to five or something. And then Tech came out and just freaking walloped him. But yeah, that was unfortunately not the only game of the weekend. So let's let's talk about let's talk about what happened last night, Monday night. Yeah, same stadium, new opponent. Tech this time played LSU in their stadium, Alex Box. And things were going pretty well through the first part of it. Uh, after three, Tech was up four to one and then added another run in the fourth. Really, every time LSU scored a run, Tech would answer in the next frame. But Sixth, seventh, and eighth innings are where things get pretty dicey. That's the that's the yeah. issues. Tech, uh, LSU scored four in the sixth, f- five in the seventh, and four again in the eighth. Just you yeah, can't and, do that. Yeah, and it was um, it was a grand slam in the sixth that tied the game up, and then Tyler Fallis came in and gave up a home run. The you know the very next batter. So yeah, just. It, it really, it really was. I mean, we were winning. I was all, all talk in the GTPDD chat <laughs> um, about how we were going to go fifty and zero and win the national championship. Um, and yeah, then the, I mean, the wheels just really came off in this game. And it happens sometimes, but man, it really, really happened here. And like you said, that sixth inning, you know, giving up the grand slam. It was really it was hits, right? It wasn't walks or anything. Yeah, it was it was three singles in a row, and then Dugas for LSU hit a grand slam, and then another home run after that. And there were a lot of home runs this weekend for for both Tech and well LSU, I guess Air Force didn't uh, didn't hit a lot of home runs, but um, it was a home run friendly weekend for sure. But you know that just sucked to see because it like it was like man, we're up six to two. So we're still like in firm control. And then all of a sudden four batters up in the sixth or well, we struck out the first one and then the next four, all of a sudden you're tied. And then one batter later, now you're losing. And it's like, wow, we're going to lose now, even though we felt like we were in control going into that inning. Yeah. It was kind of weird how this worked. Cause I believe it was the fourth inning. The Tigers load the bases and tech gets out of it, only giving up that one run. And so they're still up by four, I believe, at this point. I think this is when it becomes six to two. But the next inning, they load the bases again, and you're really playing with fire when it gets to that point. I believe it's Jennings is still on the mound for the Bulldogs. He only allows one run, that one run before before uh, he gets pulled after loading the bases in the fifth. Uh, 
Cade Gibson comes in, gives up a single for a run, but thanks to a base running mistake by LSU and a ground out, the Bulldogs get out of the inning, still with that three-run lead. But then Gibson comes back out. This is for the sixth inning, I believe. Loads the bases himself, and then that's where the, he gives up the grand slam and then gets pulled, which to me feels a little too little, too late kind of thing. Right, right. But they had, they had that so- solo homer off of Tyler Fallis, who just could not find the strike zone. Yeah. Fallis was the Saturday night starter last year. We know he's a good pitcher, but... After giving up the homer, he gave up two straight walks and then got pulled. So he technically now has an infinite ERA because he failed recording out, which is never fun. (laughs) But then Kyle Griffin comes in to finish that sixth inning. He looks good. He kind of has that sidewinder throwing style that that kind of tricks up batters every now and then. But really what that style is good at usually is getting hitters to swing and miss because they're not used to the movement on the pitches. But every time he threw something, especially when he came back out for the seventh inning, he just could not get a swinging strike. He got the count to two strikes fine, thanks to a strike looking or a foul ball or whatever. But LSU would not strike out, and Griffin just could not get those strikeouts. And then not helped either by the fact that he's also a ground ball pitcher, so a lot of times when they do get contact off of him, it ends up as ground balls. There were two fielding errors while he was on the mound and also two pitches, either wild or past balls that get past uh, George Corona. And so, yeah, it's kind of Griffin's fault. He, I mean, if you pitch better, it doesn't really matter what the defense does, but not helping. And yeah, LSU wins this game by an incredible margin, 16 to seven. But, but especially even before that eighth inning, when the Bulldogs are down 11 to seven, it doesn't really feel like we're out of it yet. Because we've seen what this offense can do when we played Air Force. We saw what they could do against LSU earlier in the game. But when you just keep hemorrhaging runs and allowing the other team to score, eventually you're thinking, okay, wait, no. Even though maybe we can score five runs. Scoring 12, 13 runs, probably not. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You mentioned what we did earlier in the game. I figured I would just run that down so we can be happy again. Uh, in the <laughs> in the third inning, because we skipped it earlier, in the third inning, Taylor Young leads off with a home run. Um, then Wells and Bates both single. Then Netterville gets his triple. He needed it the night before for the uh, for the uh, batting the cycle, but he gets it here in the third inning. Scores two RBIs because Bates and Wells score. And then uh, Garcia singles to center field, giving uh, Netterville um, a run as well. So that makes it four to zero. And that was what five batters in a row getting hits. I mean, it was, that was fun to watch. And, uh, and McConnell strikes out, but Corona, Corona gets a single Brantley gets a single. Um, so the bases are loaded with two out or with one out. And then, uh, LSU gets out of the jam by striking out two tech guys, including young who came back up again in the same inning with a chance to, to get a grand slam there, um, with two outs, but unfortunately strikes out and who knows if, I mean, LSU ends up scoring 16 runs in the game, but who knows if we were up 8-0, to zero, what would have happened. Hopefully Tech's pitching wouldn't have fallen apart quite that badly. Yeah, and that's something that the commentators noticed, too, is every time LSU would finally kind of poke out one and get a run across and all the momentum was on their side, Tech would then the next inning go and score another and yeah. just kind of retake that momentum. And that pendulum swung hard when LSU finally started getting runs across in that sixth inning. and. Yeah. The Bulldogs just never were able to come back from that, especially because the pitcher that they had on the mound for most of the game, and I was very happy when I finally saw him stay in the dugout at the start of the half inning. Javian Coleman is his name, he or Javin Coleman. He just couldn't be hit. He gave one 
solo home run, and that was it. Three and two-thirds innings of one-hit baseball, just quieting our bats that had been hot going into this game yeah. and in this game. Yeah, after after we had 11 hits off their first pitcher, right? I mean, we had 11 hits in, in three and a third innings, and then that dude came in, and we had one hit in the next three and two-thirds innings. So, I mean, and, and, and LSU built up that, I think, 11 to 6 lead off of uh off of that guy's pitching right so he probably came in when it was what five to five to one i guess i don't know it sucks it it happens and it it sucked mainly because it was like okay our worst fears are coming true the bullpen's not good enough to handle a situation where we're up five to one and it sucked because we made those critical errors in that i believe the seventh inning that i mean really they didn't cost us the game we lost by 10 runs or nine runs or whatever but those errors kept that kept that game or that inning alive and that was the inning where we were down seven to six and you know there's a fielding error and they score a run and then there's a wild pitch where Ouellette gets a gets a strikeout but it's a wild pitch so the guy makes it to base anyway right I mean and then that scores a run too so there's all these unearned runs and it's like okay well, they're earned by our team being sloppy, right? And you expect that in your first weekend, but it just sucked after how we started this game out and after how we played a really, really clean game against Air Force the night before. So, yeah, never fun to lose like that, for sure. Yeah, even in the eighth inning, though, when we're down five, I kind of alluded to it the second ago, but top of the eighth, uh, after Matulia struck out swinging, we had a single and two walks to low the bases for Steel Netterville, who's able to hit home run sometimes and it could have been a one-run game it very easily could have been a run one-run game going into the ninth inning but instead Netterville grounds into a double play the only double play of the night for the Bulldogs that pretty much squashes that threat and that's right after that's the first inning after that Coleman pitcher <laughs> that guy gets taken out just because of pitch count and immediately tech starts swinging again yeah immediately the bats start lighting it up again and you don't score runs every inning. And in the ninth, we uh, had a little bit of magic too. We scored a run in that inning, but we also had, we were also down by 10 runs when we started the inning. It would have <laughs> yeah. been, it would have been pretty incredible to even sniff a comeback, but we got some yeah. guys on base and we got some guys across or we got a guy across and things were working again. So I felt actually, I didn't feel good <laughs> about losing a game by nine runs, but I felt okay about it seeing that really the issue was a starting a starting pitcher that was running out of steam who was hurt last year, yeah. and so his pitch count's going to be lower as it is, a pitcher that wasn't able to find the strike zone, and then just the momentum was all just too much to overcome. And we still almost overcome it when we loaded the bases in the eighth inning. So I felt yeah. positive going into this ULL game. I mean, I mean, look, the offense in the first two games is definitely, you know, makes you feel confident, right? You score seven games. You're going to win or seven runs. You're going to win a lot of your games, right? Like we've got good enough pitching to hold opponents below seven runs normally. But uh, yeah, that that game that just happened, um, maybe the confidence in the offense is is not where it needs to be after this one, is it? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to win too many games when you don't score any runs. <laughs> it's yeah. I would argue you won't win any like that, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe just it's the infinitely crazy. long, infinitely long baseball game where no yeah. team scores any runs and it just keeps going and it just. I mean, I'm no advanced. Going. I'm no advanced stats guy, but you know, zero runs is pretty hard to win. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I and mean, only three hits on the night too. 
yeah, two of them were in the ninth inning when it was like not too late because we were so we lo- we lose this game two zero. So it's not too late, right, to to start getting hits when you're only down by two. But it's it felt too late, right? It felt like this one's already over. At least to me, I'm like, there's no way we're we're putting in three runs here to to win or two runs to tie and force extras. I don't know. It was frustrating I, because fuck ULL. I mean, let's just say that right <laughs> out right out the gate here. But um, anyway, say say your piece, Nathan. I know you're dying here. Well, more just about that ninth inning. I did not feel like the game was out of hand. I mean, I was still you know on the edge bats. of my seat. Yeah, and and it was but, the right part of the lineup too. Yes, that was that was the huge thing. And then we get so we have the first out with uh, Hunter Wells grounding up with the shortstop. Then uh, Parker Bates hits one of those three hits to center field. Then Netterville hits another one of those three hits. Netterville ended the night with two of the three. Only these two guys got hits on the night, and Bates got to second. So the tying run is at first base with one out. Then Garcia hits a ball down the third base line oh. that if it's a little oh. <laughs> closer to the bag. If they weren't at double play depth, I think it probably gets through, but they were they were playing for the double play. So the third baseman was playing pretty far back in the dirt. Yeah. Uh, and if that sneaks through, that may be a tie game right there. Could be. Yeah. I mean, but I mean either way, Netterville's fast. We know that. So, yeah. Ooh, shit, man. It was so close. But even then, it's the game's still not over because you still have uh, two yeah. guys on. The winning run still at the plate. Or McConnell hit a home the run against the Air Force. So, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. But instead, he's struck out swinging. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's baseball. Right. We played three good opponents, two very good opponents, as much as it kind of pains me to say this about yeah. ULL. Yeah. Uh, at least historically, who knows about this year, how good they are, how good we are. We just haven't seen enough yet. But we played us. This isn't like playing. If we go one for three this weekend against Southern, I'm upset because Southern's not a good team. Oh, yeah. Historically, yeah, yeah. or probably this year, it would. It would be the shocker of the century for them to be a top 20 team this year. But LSU and ULL and even Tech could finish top 25 this year. Yeah, These are some good teams. And I mean, our, our schedule, our out-of-conference schedule, and even our conference schedule is such that like we may have a pretty modest record like in the wins and loss column and still be a regional team or still be you know in the hunt for, for first place in the conference, right? Because, I mean, our schedule is freaking loaded. Like the out of conference, I mean, we we've got the number one team in the nation coming to the Love Shack in in like a week and a half, right? So we'll get to that, but it's not a it's not a week schedule. So going one and two in these first three games is not the end of the world. I mean, it sucks, you know, especially when we had that lead against LSU, and you always want to beat LSU, right? I mean, yeah. come on, but uh, it sucks to to lose uh, two games, you know, that felt winnable at times. You know, it'd be I'd I'd be a lot happier if we went three and zero. That's for sure. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but even to look at a team like Southern Miss, who we'll we'll get to know each other pretty well when we play eight games against each other Jesus this Christ. season. Yeah, they kind of broke away from the Tech ULL game a couple times to show some other Louisiana or, or in this case a Sun Belt versus Conference USA matchup. And Southern Miss, which is supposed to be a better team than Tech, even though Massey has them as as a worse team than Tech right now. Matched up against South Alabama, and South Alabama beat them by two runs, five to three. Yeah. Southern Miss is probably the better team in that arrangement. I mean, again, it's an early season. You never really know. But a one-game sample size in baseball is an awful <laughs> sample size to go off right. of anything. 
I'm not trying to throw you all out under the bus and say they're not a good team or we should have won this game because if you don't score any runs, you should not win the game. But I'm not freaking out yet about this team. Yeah, and so Massey has Tech, and this is before the ULL game tonight. They have us as the 28th ranked team. They had ULL as the 29th ranked team. So, I mean, and LSU as 34th. And I don't, I don't know where I'm not going to look up air force, but you know, so, so we played teams that are right in our neck of the woods in terms of Massey. And of course it's so early in the season that Massey doesn't really know what they're talking about, you know, but um, we're going to have a really strong strength, of schedule. They also have us uh, Massey also has us as the third ranked uh, offense in the country, which is pretty cool to see. So anyway, we'll know a lot more in a couple weeks, right? That's how baseball works. You gotta, you gotta get the, uh, got to get the games under your belt and we'll play a much worse team this weekend and we'll see if we can do what we need to do against a lower opponent or if we're still going to make mistakes and have the bullpen you know kind of let us down right yeah this feels like the perfect time to to play a program like southern when you need that kind of bounce back you gave it your all and you came up short all right let's get back in the groove of it kind of opponent this would not be the right time to play southern miss or oh yeah uh, Ole Miss, either one of those. No, this no, would no, not no, be no. a great time for that. Let's let's uh, yeah, figure let's, out. Let's and, get this shit figured out first. before Ole Miss and uh, and Arkansas come to town in a couple weeks. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, the yeah. previous the Southern Jaguars a little bit. Uh, first thing to note here is that Dave Nitz hit it on the radio. Uh, this time I was coming back from a different fast food restaurant when I learned my news from Dave Nitz, and this time it was Arby's. But no fans will be allowed at JC Love Field. Uh, for this one, this is not due to COVID. This is due to construction. Yeah, but basically the, they had every minute of the construction planned and then the ice storm came through and they lost a whole week of, of construction. So the stands aren't going to be ready. Um, they The article on, there's an article on LawTechSports.com that talks, that's got quotes from Eric Wood and everything. You know, they, they're really hoping to have it ready by the ULL game next week, which is in Ruston. And they've even asked ULL to move the game, I think, to Wednesday night. And we're still waiting to hear about that. But, yeah, it's it sucks because everybody's, like, chomping at the bit to get in there. But, you know, one more week isn't going to kill us, right? Yeah, not even a week. It's a few extra days if it's open by ULL, too. But we'll still go ahead and preview the Southern Jaguars team. They are number 215 in Massey. Again, Tech was, what, somewhere in the 30s or 20s? Probably drop a little bit after this loss tonight, but maybe not that meaningful because ULL was also highly ranked. But here's what Southern has done so far this year. They played UNO and they took only one of the three games from the privateers. Tulane right now, but Tulane's playing UNO tonight and well, they won or they're about to win. They're up 7-1 in the top of the ninth right now. UNO so, is up or Tulane is up? Tulane is up. Okay. And then ULL took two of three games from Tulane. So Southern is Worse than UNO, who's worse than Tulane, who's worse than ULL. That's Who beat Tech two to zero. Yes. So, so, okay. so the transitive <laughs> property doesn't really help us much here, but um, but Massey does give uh Tech a an eighty four percent chance to win each of these games. I'm not sure how good these score predictors are for for baseball because you know baseball is so random and dependent on a lot of different things. But it's got uh, Tech winning each game nine to four which would be a lot of offense, I guess they're predicting. Yeah, I need to find a college baseball stats site that doesn't require a credit card because the one I've been using for the preview things decided to update text stats across the weekend, but not ULLs. So I'm, 
who knows what's going on there. But yeah, Massey's really all we can go off of on this without, again, I think D1 Baseball is one of the better sites about these kinds of things, but that's a subscription and I'm not made of money. So yeah, looking at what Southern's actually able to have done so far this year, I had to go to their own website and look at their own stats on their own page, which every college sports team in the country apparently uses the same CBS-based stat aggregator, so it's all the same anyway, so who cares? But the one guy who has been the hottest for the Jaguars so far this year in the three games that they've played is Tremaine Spears. He's number 11. have no idea what position he plays because their roster does not want to load guys. But he has a 1.471 OPS, which is incredible. But again, small sample. He has five hits and 10 at-bats, including a home run. One of the team's only two home runs in their three games. So not the, the best offensive baseball team. But if they have a weapon, it's this guy. Uh, he trans- he transferred from ULL this oh. season. Yeah, so he played four years um, at ULL and and got an extra season of eligibility and decided to transfer out. So that's interesting. Last year he batted 200, but he, he only played a few games, started in eight games, and batted five for 16 in his last five games of the season. But I guess, yeah, it seems like he, he got replaced – over his career, he played 31 games in his um, 2019 season and then down to eight games in 2020. So that explains why he transferred out. But seems like, I mean, he started out this year with, with a little bit of fire, you know? Yeah, and also playing a team in UNO that's better than most – or sorry, that's worse than most of the teams that ULL has played over the years too. But, again, I mean, sometimes if you're hot, it doesn't really matter how good you are. You're just hot and you yeah. can hit the ball. But then we also saw things like tonight with the Bulldogs against ULL where players are on hitting streaks and they just get snapped that quickly. But either way, I think that's enough baseball talk for now. Even I'm satisfied with this level of of baseball talk. Let's go over to the third sport of the night, basketball. All right. Yeah. So the MTSU games were postponed, I believe. I don't know if they've been rescheduled. I guess we should have looked that up. I believe MTSU plays next weekend and that off weekend between the last regular season okay. week and the tournament. So Tech may get to play some extra games. Who knows how that will work. Maybe yeah. we'll pull TCU again and play against an out-of-conference team because why not and try to bolster. Yeah. I mean, we have no chance of an at-large bid, but hey, it would be fun to – actually, never mind. That TCU game went horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that, that was not fun. I don't know what you watched, but, uh, but yeah, I mean – I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see what we can put together because yeah, originally those games were bumped to Saturday and Sunday night um, instead of Friday and Saturday night because of the ice storm. And then apparently there there was uh, some kind of issue with the with the charter plane. They they didn't feel like they could take off or land because Murfreesboro got hit pretty hard too. I've still got friends there. Murfreesboro got hit pretty hard actually on like Thursday, so a little bit later than the storm passed through here and. Yeah, Tech is off the – so we play Rice this weekend. We'll talk about that. And then we're off next weekend. So I don't know. There's probably not very many teams that don't play that weekend, right? I mean, is there anybody in conference we could add? That would It would be which teams haven't had a makeup game schedule for that weekend. And I don't think that's something that <laughs> – that's oh, something that's that, known. Was that built in to the – yes. There was built in an extra weekend for COVID cancellations. Gotcha. And so 
Uh, there are teams that don't have a game scheduled right then, and maybe Tech will play one of them. But without just going down the list and seeing every team that's possibly available, who knows? And how much would it benefit Tech to play those games too is kind of a conversation worth having. It's one thing yeah, to, I mean, to cancel a game that's supposed to be played, but it's another to intentionally make up, not make up, but schedule a new game that could really only hurt you. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a good point because right now we, we normally try to keep our talk to the to the upcoming opponents and recapping the games, but I mean, it may be worth looking at the conference standings right now because North Texas had their game against uh, somebody. Oh, Western Kentucky. Oh, that would have been a good series. Yeah. But they had it canceled this past weekend because DFW was a complete shit show. And I promise you it was. Tech fans, uh, I live here. It was not good. DFW was a shit show. So the the North Texas-Western Kentucky games were canceled or postponed, I guess. Which sucks because that would have been... I mean, it's the two number one teams in the conference. So that would have been fun to watch for sure. And it might have helped Tech a lot. uh, Because if North Texas ended up at 8-4, and well, suddenly we're in first place. Um, But... Does it really matter? Because you still got to win the conference tournament to get to the big dance. So I don't know. And also, we had a chance. We played North Texas. Yeah. And we split that series. Had we eat, had we won both of the games, then we would be eleven and three in conference, and they'd be. You know, I, I wonder. I wonder how mental math is hard. Yeah, I wonder how the tiebreaker works if you split the series, because I would assume that if we split a series with North Texas at North Texas, that would give us the upper hand because we won a game at their stadium. But you would th- I, that would surprise that would make, me by that a would lot. Make sense. <laughs> are, are you saying it would make sense to surprise you or no, it, it would, it would make, it depends on how much you, you count home field advantage and stuff like that, because you're then incentivizing the visitor team just for being the visitor, especially in years where not every stadium has fans in it or I mean, but look, yeah, but like I, look at look at Tech's home record over the last, you know, shit over the last decade, right? But even since we joined CUSA, we've only lost a handful of games at home in those seven, eight years. So, like, I mean, to me, I'm more impressed that who was it? Marshall came in and beat us once yeah. at home, right? So if if we were going with a tiebreaker with them, which of course we wouldn't be, um, but if we were right, like that, that's more impressive to me than us beating them on our home court. Cause we beat everybody on our home court, you know? Yeah. But then again, who knows with this conference? So anyway, yeah, I, I, I think that makes sense. I, who knows at this point, how this is going to work in terms of tiebreakers and things, at least in this case, it's seeding for a tournament and not who yeah. goes to the championship game. And that's of course, if the tournament gets played, which a lot of people are thinking that it, it may not, whether due to COVID or issues still surrounding the winter storms that happened, throughout texas hopefully all that's better in a couple weeks but still let me just tell you it was like 79 degrees here today and uh it was damage damage caused by it like of course of course but um buildings have pipe bursts or whatever i will also say here i've got the thing pulled up here but i don't see the tiebreakers yet but anyway um it says that the the top two teams from each division will get a buy so really being first doesn't really matter um, right now, we're, we would, I believe, hold the tiebreaker over UAB to be in second, so we would get a bye in the current format. So you have to be in the top two in your division this year instead of in the top four overall. And it looks like, you know, I don't know, I guess we've got two games left, right? So I would be surprised if we, you know, if we go and beat Rice twice, I would be surprised if we added two more conference games, because why, right? Yeah. 
there's no way anybody can catch us if we win those two games. Now, if we drop one to Rice, if we drop one or both, I mean, yeah, I think we got to add games if we can, right, to just try. Yeah, but, it, it takes two to tango there, too, and you got somebody else who would want to try. Uh, yeah. Whether or not they're competing for a division title or maybe a young team trying to get in a couple more games in to get some more experience. I am betting that Dr. Wood, the AD, is already making phone calls and trying to figure all that out just in case. But uh, we'll I mean, see. Shoot, if... Even if it's uh, UAB played like Rust College or some shit like that last night and beat them 118 to 12 or something, right? I mean, it wasn't that bad, but they won by like 80 points. So Yeah, my, my headcanon for that is that they try to call up Tech and looked up Rust in the phone book and actually <laughs> went with the wrong entry. That's funny. That should have been a tweet. That's that's uh, that my was... headcanon. Gotta save something. It's for the show. Yeah. All right. Um. Uh, one last thing before we actually preview the Rice Owls here. So next weekend. So let's see. MTSU plays FAU. Charlotte plays Marshall. UAB plays North Texas. And Old Dominion plays Western Kentucky. So that would leave. That's eight teams playing. That would leave six teams not playing. I believe. Right. Sounds right to me. I wasn't actually counting when you were talking. But yeah, yeah, there's eight eight teams played. There's fourteen teams in the league, I believe. So, um, of course, so that would that would leave like Rice, UTEP, UTSA, FIU, FAU, and uh, Char- no Charlotte plays. I just assumed that I was forgetting Charlotte because that's who we always forget. But anyway, so th- those are a few options that maybe if we need a conference game. Um, we could think about adding another series against UTEP or UTSA or playing FIU for the first time this season, which I would prefer because I think they're pretty bad. But anyway, let's preview games that are actually going to happen now, finally. Yeah, I was about to say, let's, I, I would be in favor of FIU because FIU has two conference wins. Yeah. And that's it. So let's so, do that. But come first, on, we have to play. Come on to Rustin, guys. <laughs> or go to Miami. It's a pretty nice time to do that. Sure. Uh, either yeah. way, uh, this time, this week, Tech will play the Rice Owls in Ruston. Welcome to the Thomas Assembly Center. The Owls are 12 and 10 on the year, number 182 in Massey. Tech is number 89 now. I believe they actually went up a couple places in the bye week, which is odd, but whatever. Uh, the Owls are 6 and 8 in conference play. They sweat. Get the old sympathy points from Ken Palm. Yeah, we're, we're sorry. Here you go. Here's a couple points. You're a good boy. <laughs> But yeah, the Owls swept Southern Miss and UTSA. They split series wow. against Old Dominion and UTEP. And they're swept by three of the better teams in the conference. North Texas, Western Kentucky, and one more. It was UAB. I mean, some some of that is pretty impressive, though. I mean, Old Dominion is good. Old Dominion's number two in the East at eight and four in conference. So, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good win. Um, UTSA is... Not quite what we thought they might be this year, but still good to to get a sweep over them for sure. I mean, I think Rice is maybe overperforming what what they would have been projected to do this year. And, you know, it seems like they can beat a good team if, if they get going, right? Yeah, you just mentioned that Old Dominion split series. That's what I have down for their best win of the year. Old Dominion is number 148 in Ken Palm rankings. And in that one victory, Rice beat them by 10, 69 to 59. But for the worst loss, we go out of conference for this one. The Owls played number 285 New Mexico on their home court and lost by 11, 72 to 61. 
that was back in December. That was their first loss of the year. But still, uh, Ouch. Not, yeah, yeah, not great. Um, they also played someone called Letourneau, uh or Letourneau, which Letourneau? I don't know what the hell that is. But it's uh, a Christian Polytechnic University in Longview, Texas. That doesn't sound right. That's got to be in like Quebec or something, right? Come on. Named after R.G. Letourneau. I'll go on a Wikipedia deep dive real quick. You want to tell me about this team? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, find, find something interesting. Find like a, the famous alumnus from uh, from Letourneau University. But uh, yeah, it, it looks like they're a pretty good shooting team. They're 54th in effective field goal percentage on Ken Palm, uh, 43rd in three-point percentage. So that's, you know, that's pretty high up there, you know, top third, top quarter of college basketball. But their defense is not great. They rank in the mid-200s in shot percentages against, which is pretty low down there. And, you know, one one thing to keep in mind, though, is that they don't foul a lot, which, I mean, as a Tech fan, I'm not really sad about that, I guess. Uh, they're 15th best in the nation at not sending opponents to the line. So, I mean, it seems like, you know, if if they get hot shooting, they really have a chance, but... Tech's offense should be able to operate pretty well against this Owls team. Are you done with your deep dive yet, or you need yes. to? Yes. All right, what yeah, you so got let's, for me? Okay, I've got some good news and some very bad news about Letourneau. Okay. Uh, the guy, RG Letourneau, here's the good news. Well, I, I guess news, but he's <laughs> famous for having 300 patents relating to earth-moving equipment, manufacturing processes, and machine tools. He's the name in earth-moving equipment. Like caterpillar, or... I think I think big machinery like that. But I don't know his name, and I know the names of other people in that industry. But uh, okay, either way, okay. Now for the very bad news: in 2015, Laterno University banned gay athletes from dating or supporting same-sex marriage. Wait, they banned gay athletes from supporting same-sex marriage? <laughs> That's how this is written, but I believe it banned gay athletes from dating, comma. <laughs> or supporting same-sex marriage. But they allow straight athletes to support same-sex marriage. People, grammar grammar is important because, like, if I'm a straight student-athlete, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly progressive guy. I'm supporting same-sex marriage, right? But my gay teammates, though, no, they're not allowed to. Either way. No. All right, polls. Let's jump to how uh, <laughs> this game is supposed to go rather than normally, whatever normally we're doing we now. Normally we go off track because of Matt, but Matt's not here, so we have no excuse tonight. We don't know how to go off track. <laughs> we're trying, but we don't know how. Ken Palm gives Tech an 80% chance to win this game. 77 to 67 is the final score prediction there. Massey is not too far off. 81% chance to win. 77 to 68. Uh, very close in between those two computer polls. At this point of the year, computers think they know everything. So it's probably not that surprising to see them that close to each other. Are they are these games televised at all? I believe looks like the Saturday one is on CBS Sports Network, but ESPN doesn't have one for the Friday night. So uh the TV for the Friday night game. Oh, God damn it. I guess I gotta get that anyway to watch the baseball games this weekend, don't I? Yep. Those also start Friday. How did we not convince somebody to come out for the opening series at the, I mean, maybe they're not done with like the TV pads or something. So we'll find out. But um, also ESPN gives us an 86% chance to win these games. So that's fun. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, Nathan, you got a You got a player to watch in this game. Yeah. The guy who I have my eyes on from this owl team is Quincy Olivari. 
is a sophomore, six foot three, two hundred pound guy. Hasn't started every game this year, but he's been effective in the ones that he's played in and has started to become an everyday regular guy for the Owls. Really, what I'm most afraid of him for is his free throw making ability, where he's an 80% shooter, and also his three point making ability, where he's a 43% shooter. That's in the top 150 in the country, and he's attempted 153 of them. Games like these where Tech is supposed to win them pretty easily. What I'm most scared of is just the other team getting hot, especially from three-point land. And if a good three-point team in Rice is able to get their best three-point shooter hot, then I, I'm i a little bit more worried. Yeah, for sure. And uh, they, they've got a guy from Turkey on their team, too, whose name is fun. Ke- Kevit Eggy Havsa? Uh, I, I don't know. If that's how you say his name, but anyway, I, I like his name. But yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to look real fast to see in their win against Old Dominion. Yeah, it looks like Quincy Olivari was their MVP in that game. So it really seems like yeah, he drained seven three pointers in that in that ten point win. So um yeah, if he if he gets really hot, they'll be able to take somebody down because he can make seven three pointers in a game, you know? Um he had yeah. twenty three points in that one. So they were able to to beat a much better team in old dominion by relying on his shooting. So um, definitely a player to look out for there. Um, Speaking of something to look out for this weekend, the texters take on the number one team in conference USA, the rice owls down in Houston Um, rice is number 73 overall in the country, which honestly feels a little low. Um, They're nine and one in CUSA play 13 and two overall. Their only losses were to number 10, Texas A&M, back in December. And that was a pretty close one, I think, by like three three to five points. Then they lost in their last game against Marshall, um, which that one's a little bit more of a head-scratcher. But they actually had six straight games postponed in January to February, I guess, for COVID reasons. Uh, but after that break, they've gone three and one. So uh, with that last loss to Marshall, Tech did split with them last season, if I remember correctly, when Rice was also ranked pretty highly. Um, but Massey is not so uh, not so sure about that happening this year, giving Tech a 19% chance to win with a final score prediction of 66 to 56 for the Owls. And I think I think we did it. I think that's all the sports we have to cover for this yeah, week. I, I do want to jump back because I checked Rice's pronunciation guide to see how to pronounce that guy's name, that Kavit. And here's the thing. There are four players listed in the pronunciation guide. He's not one of them. <laughs> They're like, yeah, everybody knows how to say that. Or nobody does is <laughs> the other option. I suppose that could be uh, the case. Let's see. I feel like Tech had, we had a couple track and field people place in the top three, I think, um, in their events this past weekend. Let's see. How'd the softball team do? I know they're... Their tournament got canceled. They lost to number 10, Oklahoma State. They beat ULM. Then they had the four-game thing down in Lake Charles canceled. And then, ooh, they lost to ULM tonight. So strike that from the record. Uh, Maybe February 23rd, 2021 is not a very good day. Yeah, maybe maybe not. Yeah, so I, I don't know. There's a lot going on this weekend. Hopefully we'll actually get to talk about some basketball next week and i guess we got to make predictions that's something we do that's true yeah so we have four basketball games and we have three baseball games three baseball games because we're recording this after the ull game 
most yes. weeks we'll we'll have the show up before the midweek game. But this was a weird weekend where we played baseball on a Monday night. Weird. Yeah, we decided anyway. to wait because it was like, well, we could record after the LSU game and the episode will be out for like two minutes before the ULL game com- comes on. But anyway, oh, tweet of the week goes to goes to my boy, Nathan. Uh, we're breaking the rules. That was a great tweet. Nobody had a better one. So suck it. Uh, the, the Air Force One tweet wins it. Yeah. Sorry. Do better. I mean, if you want to beat us, you know, you got to do better. And by us, I mean Nathan, because that was his, not mine. And, and one chance you have to show us up outside of Twitter clout is the weekly baseball contest that we put together at gtpdd.doc/contest. We had the first week, and out of the maximum five points, only one person scored four or more, and a couple people missed every question. So if you haven't done it yet, even after this ULL game, you still have a chance to, to get some headway and, and do a pretty good job in it. And yeah. the winner, we've done 3D printed trophies in the past. I'm doing this because I like this idea because it's something I would want, is that this year's winner gets a custom baseball. I'll go tech, please don't die baseball. Ooh. I may also make one for myself because that sounds awesome. Ooh, yeah. I may need to I may need to throw you some dough and get one of those myself. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, is that everything we do? <laughs> what else, I think what else so. We, we kind of... Headed into the, the wrap-up show. That about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Blaze on Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog where we had a baseball preview up last week. And then you have also had a couple weeks ago about the new Love Shack and some cool before-after pictures. Those those sliders. Those, those yeah. were some great sliders. Yeah, I basically found out that I could do the sliders and then wrote an article to have an excuse to do the sliders because I didn't want to just post an article with two sliders in it and just link to it. So I did some writing around it. I'm pretty sure that's how all journalism works. Yeah, yeah. I'm a real journalist now. But anyway, you're Nathan. I think think that's everything. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And go tech. Please don't die. everything yeah so i'm nathan i'm evan and go tech please don't die please oh did we even do predictions we didn't (laughs) okay yeah you're right we have not done predictions yet all right so how do you think this is gonna go this week jesus okay so we got we got two men's basketball games two women's basketball games and three baseball games against southern yeah all right i think the men sweep i think the women hmm they did split with Rice last year, but that was it. No, that would have been a home and away last year. Hmm. I'm not going to look it up, but I'm going to say the women's the women split. Uh, so that's three and one in basketball and three and zero oh in baseball. So six and one overall. That's where I'm going. What do you got? Here's what I got. The day that we're recording this, February 23rd, 2021, is an awful day for Tech Athletics and therefore the world. We are due a very good weekend. We are due to have some success this week. And so even though these could be trap games for the men, even though the women are playing the best team in the conference, and even though the baseball team uh, struggled is probably a light way to put it against ULL tonight, 7-0. Woo!